Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to get the latest on Utah athletics from our Utes Insider here on the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. Now here's Bill Riley with a Utes Insider on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Our friends at Les Olson IT bring it to you. Scott Olson and his whole crew do a fantastic job on the copier and printer side and now on the IT side as well. It's Les Olson IT. It's good to have back on the program, friend of the program, former Ute, who's probably counting down the days to kick off too. 65 to be exact to Florida, 34 days to camp. Kyle, although when he was, it was Camp Mac when he played back in the day. J.D. Jorgensen with us here. How are you? I'm great, Bill. It's, uh, it's good to be back. It, does, it means that we are a little bit closer to football. Um, anytime I, I get a call from you to, to come on. And so 65 days, it's... Uh, exciting it still feels a little too far away uh what, what, was sooner. what was camp mac like we know what camp kyle's like and by the way camp kyle today ain't what camp kyle was 18 years ago it's changed but how how are max fall camps oh well you know we did three days and i, and I feel like i'm just going super old school like with this like back in my day um but at least my my freshman and sophomore year with with coach mac we did do three days and and they were they, they weren't easy. And it was, it was after that where the NC2A changed the rules where you couldn't have back-to-back um, multiple practices in a day. And so they were pretty grueling, though. Like, you know, just having to put the, the gear on three times, you know, four or five days a week in that hot sun in, in August. Uh, you know, we didn't have any indoor facility. Oftentimes, you know, we'd go practice stuff on the turf in the stadium where it was, you know, that turf was 110, 115 degrees. It was, you know, 95 to 100 degrees in the air. And it just, it just made for some grinding practices. And, and Coach Mack, you know, he, he wanted to bank. Like, you know, his, his mentality was like, you know, we're going to run the ball first and we're going to establish the line of scrimmage. And so we, we definitely did that through camp. Um, and so I, I don't miss those days. I, I miss the camaraderie of hanging out in the, in the facility with, with the boys, but, they, those, those were some long weeks, and, and you couldn't wait until school started again because you knew that once school started again, it was like, we, we can't do three days. They're, they're done. These guys don't even do very many two-a-days anymore. They only do like a week of two-a-days now. They got it easy. Oh, yeah. They, they got it so easy compared to how, how we had to go through it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm jealous. <laughs> I wish I could do camp <laughs> like they do. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure, and, and it's, it's been a long time since I've been up and seen a practice during fall camp, you know, Camp Kyle. 
And and I'm sure, you know, knowing Kyle, he makes him work, you know, and he takes full advantage of that. You know, he's, he's probably got like a good two and a half hour session, you know, those days that he doesn't have the two days. But, uh, but yeah, they got it easy compared to, 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 coach, to Camp Mac. Um, yeah, well, I know you're a busy tech executive these days, but you ought to make time to come <laughs> up an and executive. <laughs> to come up and see a practice one of these days, JD. Hey, if, if you can get me in there, I, I, I would love to. I, I, I will do. I, I'll, I'll drop whatever I can if I'm in town and and, and sneak up there and watch practice for a day because uh, I, I love it. I love watching ball. It's, I, it's it's just a fun thing to do. I don't think need to sneak you in. You're a, you're an alum, and they take care of the alums <laughs> up there. You just mentioned you did. There'll be a few people that might remember your name, but they'll well, Whit Whit'll remember you. We it may take him a minute to jog that memory, but you know he'll he'll you'll be able to come and watch practice. Oh yeah, he he remembers, man. I, I see him every once in a while, and it's always good to catch up with Coach. The uh, JD Jorgensen with us here on the program. I, I wanted this just dawned on me. We were talking about this the other day, and I'm not sure if it's a big deal in the big picture, but you know that Utah got a commitment about a month ago from from Isaac Wilson, four star quarterback out of Corner Canyon, and it's it's always yep. important in this day and age, especially because Utah's become such a fertile ground for really good high school talent. It's different now, you know this. Bartle and I were talking about this. Utah's probably the second or third best recruiting state in the West now behind California. Obviously, California is what it is. But it's, this, this state's producing high-level talent. And to grab an in-state quarterback, there's always something a little bit more and, and a little bit of a legacy, too, because his dad played up there. But, I mean, I, I was thinking back, the last Utah quarterback to start a game, I think, was Lance Rice. I mean, think about that for a minute. Who was who was the last guy that they played high school and grew up in the state of Utah that started a game at Utah? And I, I, I JD, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm getting old now, so I forget some things. But I think Lance may have been the last Utah kid to start a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we, and that's back when I played, and I played with Lance. Right, you know, love Lance. You know, just you know, such a good dude. Um, you know, you know, Bryson Barnes started a game last year when, when Cam was hurt up at Washington state. But as far as like, you know, somebody that came into the season as, as QB one, that, that, yeah, that's more um, what I was talking about than, than just kind yeah, of the, yeah, the back to be, uh, to, to be kind of the guy at quarterback. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't think of one, um, that, that, that played ball in state, you know, we, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it, it does go back to Lance Rice. So I, and I just you look at the states produce good quarterbacks in recent years. Obviously, his brother Zach uh, Lehigh's produced some guys. Um, I've, Luke Falk was a local kid that went on to play up at Washington State. Obviously, Jackson Dart. I mean, named the Corner Canyon kid. So I, to me, you know that Utah's done a really jo- good job of keeping the in-state kids. But I think it is. I I don't know how big a deal it is because Isaac's got to go up to Utah and then prove he, he does it. But I think when you keep those prized recruits in state that's a big deal oh it's 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 a huge deal um and and you're exactly right your point about like utah becoming such a fertile ground you know recruiting ground and you know it's it's the it's the second or third best state in the west um you know you think about it now like isaac gets a lot of publicity and and it's deserved you know he was he was good enough to get invited to the elite 11 finals um, you know, I saw him play a couple of times. I've, I've seen him play a few times over the last couple of years, and, and he's got talent. Like he, he understands the game. He slings the ball, um, and all of the, the the thing that I look at is all of the kids, all of the local kids know him, 
and and whether it's through the seven on seven, whether it's through the camps that they're going with, it, his commitment and his early commitment is going to impact you know some of those other kids that are getting recruited that you know by you know there's SEC schools coming in. I, I mean there's there's a handful of kids in this in this state that have Tennessee or Bama offers. I think there's a kid in St. George, uh, a wide receiver, a tight end. He's not a senior this year that has a Georgia offer. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, these kids are seeing each other so much and with social media and, and technology, they're, they're constantly communicating, getting that commitment early. It, it's going to help with the recruiting of, you know, four or five other kids that Utah is going to try and keep home that are going to make an impact in the program. And, you know, everybody, you, you hear like recruiting being the lifeblood of your program. And, and, and that's been how it is, how it's been for years. You, you have to own your state. You have to own like your backyard. Um, and, and given the talent and the increase of talent, um, for us to continue to compete for the Pac-12 championship, for us to, to take that next step, um, you know, which is really, you know, being, becoming a playoff team, we've got to keep those kids that will impact those kids that can take us there that are here in state. Um, we, we got to keep them home because we've, we've lost out on a lot of kids to, to some big schools. J.D. Jorgen, J.D. with us here on the program today. So as we sit here, Cam Rising coming back, 17 starters return, both sides of the football. What's the big question you've got about this team? Oh, the big question. Um, are, are we going to take that next step on the outside, um, on, on offense, from, from the wide receivers? I love that we have Keithy coming back. Um, you know, he's, he's such an incredible talent and, and mismatch, but, uh, for us to, uh, really make that big, and let me just say this on the offensive side, then I'll move over to the defensive side of the ball too. Um, we, we've got to really find guys that can get open on the outside. I think that was, you know, one of the big issues on top of Cam getting injured in the Rose Bowl was the lack of separation that, that the wide receivers were able to just weren't able to create. I mean, we have been so dependent on a tight end group for the last like three or four years, and we've had some incredible talent. But for us to take that next step, um, but also even just to win the Pac-12 this year, given how competitive it's going to be, we've got to have guys on the outside that uh, that can get open. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, I, I felt as though our best pass rusher was Gabe Reed. Um, and, and I feel like we've got to do a much better job of getting to the quarterback with our, with our four guys and not, not relying so much on blitz packages to put pressure on the quarterback. So can guys like Connor O'Toole, which I, I really liked what, you know, what I, what we, what we saw from him towards the end of the year, you know, he's, he's, he, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I, I think he came in as a wide receiver and then moved he to did. tight end and then moved to defensive end. Yep. And he's he's really just starting to, um, you know, get a feel for that now. And and so I, I, I'm I have a lot of uh, I'm really optimistic about the 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 next step that he's going to make in his game and the impact that he can make next year. You know, Jonah Ellis really grew into uh, into himself. I think um, you know Van Fillinger, like he needs to. Uh, Van was great against the run, but I, I, I personally didn't see as much, you know, pressure from him. And so can those guys, um, you know, get to the quarterback without relying on the blitz packages. I see, 
I see Leonard Barton making a an impact there this year too. Like just his his length. Um, you know, he's going to make that big jump from a freshman to a sophomore year, and I think he's going to be used in more pass rush situations. I, I kind of just I, I, and, and this is no inside information at all, but I, I see um, Morgan using him. You know, in similar circumstances, like he started to use Devin Lloyd, you know, off that edge. But that's that's where the defense has to make a big impact, you know, or a big step up is is putting pressure with four guys, five guys, and not depending on six or seven guys coming in just because of the quality of quarterbacks that we're going to see. Like, we, we played five or six of the top quarterbacks yeah. in, in the country this year. It's funny you mentioned it's mentioned, funny you mentioned O'Toole. He was he's my pick for breakout player this year. I think I think what we saw with him last year, especially when you know Fillinger got hurt and then Jonah got hurt at the end of the year, he stepped up and you know, people forget you as you mentioned he was a wide receiver the year before, but he put 35, 40 pounds on, and it it's it's you know we most of us when we get older put that on, but he put it on in about nine months, and then he's got to learn to to play it play at that weight. And and I think it took him part of the year, plus he was a little further down in the rotation. But when he got a chance to play in those last two or three games of the year, I thought he was – I thought he popped just about every game. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think that's a great pick for a breakout player of the year because, yeah, I, I mean, he's kind of the guy that I'm expecting to to make that impact as, as well. Um, it, it's, it, it's all about reps. And, you know, especially like when you're – a a defensive lineman. And I learned this from my brother who was, you know, you know, Jan knows what he's doing when it comes to, you know, rushing the passer, you know, it's, it's just, it's learning that, that, that positioning, that hand fighting, those techniques and, and, and mixing it up. And it's, it's a chess game with, with you and that offensive tackle. It's like, okay, like I did this last time, like he, you know, I'm going to show this, but then I'm going to come with an inside move and I'm, you know, I'm going to come with a club here and, and like you said, like, you know, Connor, he made some big strides towards the end of the year. And, and, and I just, I, I feel like he's going to be a, a huge impact next year. And he's going to be really key to the success of that team. We'll talk more about it when we get a little bit closer to the season. But thanks for jumping on today. It was good to have you back on. I know you've got a, some sort of multi-million dollar tech deal you've got to cut here in the next, <laughs> on a phone call in the next 10 minutes. So I'll let you go prepare for that. Oh, well, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it, and and I love coming on. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I, I will always, as as long as I can, I'll, I'll jump on and talk ball with you anytime. Hey, it sounds good. Be safe, J.D. Thanks, Bill. J.D. Jorkinson with us, former Utah tight end, back at the Mac, back at the Mac days, and uh, uh, joining us here to jump on board. I, I kid with you, but he's he's a busy man. He's traveling all over the place, so I appreciate him making a few minutes with us today here. Talk a little Utah football.